Pastor Varun and Pastor Don Lahaprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And tonight we want to talk about how to keep yourself from being demonized or taken advantage by demons again. I believe that every Christian who comes to the church should be cleaned up, should be delivered from demonic activities. I believe that there's so many demons around the world that attack people. If you walk into the hospital, you will know cancer, sickness, all kinds of things that the demon attack people. Demon attack people with pornography, sexual immorality, and pride, and a lot of stuff that happen in the world. I don't think that those planes that hit the tower just come just because some guy want to have fun. I believe that demonic activity, the demon of killing, were behind that calamity in New York. If you look at those pictures of people in the newspaper, those who drive the airplane into the building, you look at their face, you can tell that there's demon inside them. You look at the eyes of these people. Demons are everywhere. And that's why we need to set the captive free from demonic activity. And after you're set free, what should you do to prevent yourself from being demonized or attacked again? How many people want to know how to protect yourself? We need to protect ourselves. Amen? Not only swine flu. We need to protect ourselves from demonic activity. Some of us worry too much about swine flu, but we forget about the spiritual thing. When you come to church, you learn about God. You're not coming to learn scientific things, even though I'm a scientist, I'm a neurosurgeon. We are not coming here to learn about politics and about movie and stuff on the world. We come to learn the things of the realm of the spirit. And in fact, the things of the realm of the spirit really affect the realm of the physical. So people who understand about the spiritual thing really have a lot of advantages to protect themselves and to live on this life on earth with victory. So when you come to church, I want to tell you right now, if you come to this church, I'm not going to come up here to tell you the story in the movie star or about newspaper and try to explain to you about what happened in the world. I want to really teach you the truth, the spiritual thing that you need to understand. That's my goal. I want to help you understand the things of the spirit, of the spiritual world. Amen. Whatever I talk tonight is about the spiritual thing. It's not about scientific thing or natural thing. All just spirit things, the spiritual world. First thing we need to do to protect ourselves is to yield completely in every area of our life to the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you are delivered from demon or your life is swept and cleaned up by the Holy Spirit, you should not leave your life empty. You should not leave any room in your life empty. Have you ever driven into the town or a small city and you look for a hotel or motel? What you're looking for? You look for a neon sign that say vacancy. When you see the sign vacancy, then you drove in there and you knock the door. Can I rent a room here in this motel? The same thing. Demons will look for vacancy in your life. 
If you empty in certain area, you don't allow Jesus to be the lordship in that area of your life. Demon can come back in and attack you in that area. That's why you need to really confess and dedicate your life every day. Lord, I yield to you. I submit to you. You are the Lord of my personal life. You're the Lord of my family life, my marriage life, my financial asset or my financial affair, my job, my business, my parenting, my study, my sex life, anything in my life, I give it to you. Like you pull out the keys of every single room and closet in your house, and you say, Lord Jesus, these are the key. You can take control of my life so that my life will be filled with your presence and demon cannot come back in. A lot of people don't believe that Christian can have demon. I believe Christian can have demon because not every Christian has given every part of their life to God. Some Christian may be given their life to God in the area of their mouth, but their eyes, they don't. So they go into internet and watch pornography. And you know that many servants of God fall into sin because of pornography. They open their eyes to the things of the spirit and demons jump in and they get addicted to pornography. What happened? They did not give that part of their life to God 100%. So we need to really yield to God. Jesus said, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Jesus did not say, when demons go out from a non-believer, he said a man can be non-believer or a believer. I will return to my house from which I came, and when he comes, he finds it's empty or vacant, swept and put in order. So when the demon saw that this man has an empty part of his life, he jumped in, and actually the Bible even say that he brings in even seven more worse kind of demon into that person. So this is a key. Every day you confess. You make an act of will that Jesus is the Lord of every area of my life. And you make a confession with your mouth that Jesus, you control everything in my life. Amen. Everyone say, Jesus, Jesus is, the Lord is the Lord of every area of my life. Next one, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. The Bible compares being controlled by alcohol or wine or <clears throat> anything that contains alcohol, vodka or anything that has alcohol, to being controlled by the Spirit of God. How many people have been drunk by the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand up. Experience of being drunk by the Spirit. Amen. That's good. When God controls you, you lose strength. That's why people fall down. That's why people laugh. People cry. People just shake because the Holy Spirit come and control you and take over you. When alcohol comes in, alcohol will do the same thing. It will control your brain, your mind, your cell, your muscle, control everything. And you start to have reaction of being drunk. And God said, don't be controlled or be drunk with wine, but be controlled by the Spirit of God. When your life is so filled with the Holy Spirit, first of all, 
every Christian should be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everyone should be filled with the Holy Spirit and not filled with the Holy Spirit one time in 1968. You should be filled with the Holy Spirit all the time, every day. Be filled with the Holy Spirit so that demon cannot come and attack you easily. Amen. And that's why we have revival service. Because in revival service like this, we got filled again. We got lay hand on. We drink the new wine of God. We just have freedom. Not on like Sunday morning that everyone worry about kids and run out. Everyone worry about lunch and go out to eat lunch. But on Friday night, we have time to really plug in, to really seek the Holy Spirit and be filled again. But you should learn how to be filled with the Holy Spirit 24-7 all the time. Learn how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Bible commands us not to be drunk with wine. How many people agree that it's not good to be drunk with wine? Raise your hand up. Two days ago, some people asked me to pray for a person who is dying from liver cirrhosis because he drank too much alcohol and he's dying. Alcohol will destroy our life eventually. will make the brain shrink fast. People will have dementia when they get older. Alcohol destroys your liver. Alcohol destroys your heart. It's not good. That's why the Bible says, don't be drunk with wine. It's not good to be drunk with wine. The same thing. It's not good not to be filled with the Holy Spirit. God put two sentences together in the same verse. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's not good not to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's so important to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? So that's number two. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. How can we be filled? Luke chapter 11, verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to ask God. You need to seek God. You need to surrender to God. You need to be hungry for the things of God and ask God to fill you. You don't go by feeling, you go by the promise of God. And you see what happened in Acts chapter 2, verse 4. After the disciple asked for the Holy Spirit, what happened in Acts 2, 4? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. When people came together and they prayed for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the fire of God and the Spirit of God came down and filled all of them in that upper room. They were asking, they were praying and seeking God. They were pressing in together. Amen. So we need to keep asking God, fill me with the Holy Spirit every single day. A while ago when I was worshiping God over there, I was asking God to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And He never, never missed even one time. He filled me every time I asked Him. Amen. So that's number two. Number three, how to live a life that protects yourself from the enemy, from being demonized by evil spirit. Number three, you need to live by the word of God. In our Christian life, there are three words that you need to put in order in the right way. Number one is fact, which is in the word of God, the truth. Number two, faith. And number three, feelings. A lot of Christians walk by the feelings. I feel good today, I go to church. Today I don't feel good, I don't do anything. They go by feeling. We should not walk by feeling. We should walk by fact, 
the truth. We live by the truth, and then with the truth we have faith, and that faith take action, and the good feeling come when you have the truth. The truth that make you have faith, and then faith make you walk in miracle of God. Then the good feeling will come. Don't go with the feeling first. Go by the fact first. The truth. Even Jesus Christ, after he was filled with the Holy Spirit at the river of Jordan, right away he was tempted or attacked by Satan or by the enemy. How many people remember the story in Matthew chapter four? Jesus was tempted by the enemy, and look at how Jesus responded to the attack of the enemy in Matthew chapter four, verses four, seven, and eleven. He answered and said, "It is written." Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Verse seven. Jesus said to him, to Satan, "It is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God." Verse eleven. The devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Jesus did not say, "Oh, by the way, this is how I feel. I feel this way." Jesus did not go by feeling. He said, "It is written in the word." He went by the word. He followed the word. He quoted the scripture. In order to protect yourself from the attack of the enemy, you need to know the word of God. You need to be diligent in reading the word, studying the word, listen to good preaching CD all the time. I never sit in my car have a daydream. I always listen to good teaching CD in my car. I always feed upon myself the word of God. I want to know the word of God, so that when the devil come and attack me, I can say it is written. When the economy went down many months ago, the devil talked to me. You in trouble now? I say no. It is written. Amen. Amen. When I go to California, and the devil attack me, I say no. It is written. I will be fruitful over there. So you always say it is written. You know the word of God. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 119, verse 11, "Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you." You need to hide or store up the word of God in our heart so that we will not sin against God. Amen. How many people promise God that you're going to read the Bible every single day? How many people promise God that you're going to listen to the good teaching CD every day? Amen. If you can do that, it's very difficult for you to sin and fall into temptation. Amen. So that is number three. Number four: How to protect yourself? Put on the whole armor of God. In Ephesians chapter six, verses ten to eighteen, the Bible says, "Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might." You see, God say, "Be strong. Don't be weak. In the power of His might, put on the whole armor of God." That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. God is not going to drop that armor into you Himself. You need to go and pick them up and put them on. Amen. Amen. It's not God's job to put on you. You need to put them on yourself. Your own responsibility. And the Bible says so that you can stand against the wiles of the enemy. What does it mean? Every Christian gonna face evil days. You're gonna face the day 
of opposition, the days of disappointment, the days of being criticized, the day of pressure, of temptations, of testing, of misunderstanding, the days of loneliness, all the friends desert you, the day of being attacked by people, people misunderstand you. We're going to face evil days all the time because the devil will not let us go easily. And on those days, we can stand firm if we put on the whole armor of God. Look at what the Bible says. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Principality, powers, and rulers are the fallen angels that rule over different parts of the world, different cities, different countries, different homes, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. You see, evil day is going to come. <clears throat> and having done all to stand, stand therefore, you know, in my pastoral work in this church for the past 20 years, I faced so many evil days in my life. So many evil days. But because I put on the whole armor of God, I was able to stand to today and never quit. I need to stand. Therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication. I'd like to encourage you to pray all the time. Come to the prayer meeting. We have prayer meeting at many places. On Saturday, we have prayer meeting here in the church. And we have prayer meeting in our care group. When we go to care group, we pray together. Pray all the time. Supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to the end. Watch yourself. Examine yourself every day. Are you in trouble? Are you having a bad attitude? You're watchful all the time. To the end. With all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So we need to put all this armor of God on ourselves. Amen? The Bible warns us that in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, we have to go through hardships and trials. Acts chapter 14, verse 22 says, Strengthen the soul of the disciple, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, We must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Every one of us is going to have to face tribulations, hardships, disappointment, loneliness, and all kinds of problems that the devil can attack us. Therefore, we need to learn how to stand. The first thing, the girdle of truth. The girdle is a piece of clothing that you put on your loin or on your waist here. For women in the old day, they put it on to have some kind of power and they also to really make their bodies snug together to look good. For the men in the old day, they put the girdle on in order that they can put their long pant or long rope up, tuck it in, so that their feet will become free to run and to fight the battle. So it's a posture of ready 
and posture of fighting. Amen. The girdle is for being ready. And Apostle Paul said, girdle of truth. We need to really put the truth on ourselves, ready to fight the battle. There are two kinds of truths. The first is the truth of the Bible. We need to know the Bible. And the second truth we need to know is the truth about ourselves. We need to know who we are, the truth about ourselves. For example, you need to admit the truth that you are too lazy. You don't have disciplined life. You just sleep in, never wake up to read the Bible. If you don't know, you don't accept that truth that you're too lazy, you will never be set free. And you open the door for the devil to come in. You may need to know the truth that you are gossipers. If you learn the truth that you are like to gossip, you need to repent and move on and don't do gossiping anymore. You need to understand the truth about yourself. The truth about yourself may be something that you never even think of, but the Holy Spirit will reveal to you. Ask God to reveal your own weaknesses, the things that you need to change, the things that you need to repent. You need to know the truth about yourself. Amen? In order to fight the battle. Another one is breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is on your heart here. It's about your spirit. Your spirit becomes righteous not because of good deeds of human being, not because you are going out to do good deeds. Your righteousness comes from the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. So in other words, you keep your faith in the Lord and depend on His righteousness. Put on that faith and the righteousness upon your heart, upon your spirit. And when you know that you are the righteous person, it's difficult for the devil to attack you. Amen? You keep your faith and you know that you are righteous by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believing in Jesus in His death and resurrection. Everyone say, my heart is protected by the righteousness of God. Amen. And that comes by faith. Having shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. As soldier, this is the armor for soldier. As soldier, you need to be ready anytime. When I was young, I liked to watch the movie World War II. There's a movie series in the TV called Combat. How many people watched Combat before? Maybe some of you are too young. My generation, we watched the movie called Combat. In that movie, I remember that all these soldiers have their boots in their feet all the time. These people did not go to sleep with boots off from the feet. You know why? Because if the enemy come and it's dark, you cannot find your boot, you're in trouble. You cannot run, you cannot fight. So the boots have to be in your feet all the time in the battlefield. The same thing here, God say, keep the boots of the gospel of peace in your feet all the time. What does it mean? Be ready to preach the gospel. Be ready to be a witness for God. Why is it so important to be ready to be witness for God? Because it will really impact your whole life. If you make a decision that I want to preach the gospel and be a good witness for Christ, what can happen to you? You're going to study the Bible a lot to be ready to answer all the questions people ask you. You're going to have to change your lifestyle and behavior so that when people look at you, they will not be stumbled. Is that right? Not only that, you need more anointing so that when you witness, the anointing will flow. 
And you're going to keep going to church. You're going to listen to more CD. You're going to get ready all the time to be able to witness anytime, anywhere, in the airplane, in the shopping mall, in the bus stop, any place you can witness anytime because you get ready all the time. Christian who willing and get ready to witness will change the lifestyle completely. I know that because I was like that when I was a young believer. I want to be a good witness. So I study the Bible a lot. I get ready. I change my behavior in the hospital. Actually, today, I have to admit to you, my flesh cannot go up. I plan to come here about 6 o'clock to prepare myself for the care group leader meeting. And suddenly, a doctor called me from Evergreen Hospital. He said, a patient needs to see you. I said, no, 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 I'm on call and I have a meeting to go. I have not finished reading my sermon second time yet. I'm busy. I cannot go. He said, no, you have to go. This patient needs to meet you. He is your old patient. I was very upset because it really messed up my plan. So I could not come to church on time. Actually, I did, but I really hurry up. <laughs> and on the way to the hospital, a nurse called me. I was still angry on the inside of me about this situation. The nurse called me, are you coming? You know, in my heart, I want to complain. I want to just, just blast out. And you know, I'm not on call. I don't know why this doctor called me. I'm busy. I'm serious. This is my flesh. My flesh wants to do that. I was so angry about the situation. I have to drive from Bellevue up to Kirkland and come back to Mercer Island. It's back and forth. And I'm going to be late for the meeting. I did not have time to eat dinner. It's all this going on in my mind, but my spirit, no, 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 mom. If you complain to this nurse, if you yell at her, she won't see you as a bad Christian. You will not be a good witness at all. You cannot preach the gospel to her. You cannot preach the gospel in the hospital anymore. They're going to talk in the whole hospital. This doctor is so emotional, so short-tempered. I decided to <laughs> sip I'm coming. Wait a few minutes. I will be there. Thank you so much. But in my heart, I was burning so angry. So I have to drive to the hospital today. (laughs) So you see, when you want to be ready to witness anytime, you change your lifestyle. You're going to control your flesh. You're going to control your mouth. You're going to die to yourself to be good witness for Christ. And then it's difficult for the devil to attack you. You know why? If today I blast out with that word, I open the door right away for demon to come and attack me because I say bad things. I complain. I yell. I do wrong things. So when you want to be witness, you always control your flesh to be good representative of God all the time. Amen? You see the picture now why God say, put the boots on and ready to witness anytime. Another one, the shield of faith. There are two kinds of shields in those days. One shield is around one. Like this. If you watch the Roman movie, Roman soldier movie, you can see the round shield. And another shield is an elongated one, like this oval, long one. And that one is big to cover the whole body. When the Bible uses the word shield in this scripture, it means the elongated, oval, long one. I watched one movie, I remember. This Roman soldier walking like this as a group. And the front line will carry the shield like this. And the rest of the people in the back, they carry the shield like this above their heads. So when the arrow come, it hit the shield and never hit them. So the shield in the front and they look through the small hole between the shield. And they keep walking like this. 
And the greatest of people hold the shield like this all the time. They walk like this toward the enemy. So that's what it means, the shield that will protect you from the fiery darts of the enemy. You need to build your faith. Amen? In order to protect yourself. Faith is a part of the armor of God. How do you build your faith? You build your faith by listening to the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Amen. Faith comes by the Holy Spirit. If you want to have more faith, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I say about this many times. I just want to repeat one more time. The helmet of salvation. Helmet is on the head. Is that right? So breastplate is on your heart. This is about the head. What is the head? The head means the mind. The battlefield of the devil is in your mind. The mind is the battlefield, your thoughts, life. The devil cannot attack your spirit because you have Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, inside your spirit. But the mind can be affected by the devil, by demonic attack. The devil will talk to your mind. Therefore, you need to put the helmet of salvation to protect your mind from thinking bad things like fear, insecurity, resentment, unforgiveness, hatred. You need to get rid of all those thinking, selfishness, protect your mind. And whatever is in your mind going to come out to your mouth and come out to your action. That's why it's so important to protect your mind all the time with the helmet of salvation. What is the helmet of salvation? Let's look at the scripture. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. Thus say the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose hearts depart from the Lord. So one thing that you need to understand about the helmet of salvation is that there are three kinds of Christian. One kind of Christian really are led by their flesh. If they're hungry, the stomach cry now. They go by their stomach. They go eat first. They don't care anymore about the service. They want to go eat first. They are controlled by the flesh. They want to have nice air-conditioned room. If the air-conditioned in the room is not good enough, they're not going to come into church. They look at a nice carpet. Everything about their flesh. Please, my flesh. The second kind of Christian are we call carnal or mind-led Christian. They're led by their mind. Usually, these kind of Christians are highly educated people. People who train their mind very well. Think through. Analysis. Thinking. 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 It's nothing wrong about have good mind to think and to analyze. But you cannot just stop at your mind because if you control by your mind, you are like this scripture, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5, you depend on the ability of man because the mind is of man. We should be a spiritual Christian. The Christian that controlled by the Holy Spirit that is in your spirit and let your spirit control your mind. Like what I say today, my mind on the, in the car, I was angry, I was upset, and my mind wanted to say some bad things to that nurse. But my spirit controlled me. My spirit tell me, no, you cannot do that. It's bad. It's not a good witness for Jesus Christ. So my spirit needs to control my mind. Even though I have high education, it doesn't mean that I need to depend on my mind all the time. I need to depend on the Holy Spirit inside me. Amen? 
First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 8 the Bible say but let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet the hope of salvation The Bible say in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So the helmet is about the mind. And the Bible connects to hope, H-O-P-E. Let me explain to you. Faith is of the heart. Here, the spirit. Faith is about now. You believe now that something has happened, even though you haven't seen. But hope is of the mind. It's about your thinking. And when you have hope about the future, hope is about the future. For example, I have strong hope that my children will do well. I really have hope that Tanida, Joy, Paul will do well when they grow up and I get old and die and leave this world, my children will do well on earth. It's about the future. And with that hope, it creates faith now that God is going to do something for them now. Without hope, you cannot have faith. You see what I mean? Why we need to have the helmet of hope? Because if you don't start with good hope about the future, you cannot ignite your faith. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Everyone say hope. hope. So faith is the outcome of having hope of something that you haven't seen. But you know that in the future something is going to happen. But with faith in your heart, you take, take action of faith that things are going to happen now, even though you don't see. Okay? So the evidence of things not seen. This is the difference between being a, a spiritual Christian and people who don't understand about God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. As Christians, we need to always are hopeful, thinking about positive things about the future that God promises. If you think negative, you open the door for the devil to attack you. Hope brings faith, and hope is positive. I hope that things going to turn well. I hope that I will sell my house. I hope that the economy is going to get better. I hope that my business is going to get better. These are all the future. But at the same time, by faith in your heart, you believe now God is doing something for me. Now, and I will see the result very soon. We need to have hope, the helmet. Hope is about the mind, your head, your thinking. Amen. And with that hope, you will be a stable Christian. The Bible compares hope to an anchor of your soul, your mind. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Why the Bible says hope is so important? The helmet of salvation is so important. The hope, the mind, the thinking in your mind that you have to be positive, positive, positive. Think about future positive way. Hope, 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 hope all the time. Because a boat on the water will not be stable without an anchor. Water is an unstable substance. When you put the boat on the water without anchor, the boat is going to float. And eventually it will hit something or float out into the ocean. 
In order to stabilize a boat, you need to put the anchor on something that is very strong and stable, and that is the rock under the sea. So God said that you need to drop your hope or the helmet of salvation into the rock that is Jesus Christ. Everything on earth is insecure, unstable, and will not last long. Don't put your hope in the things of the world. You're going to be disappointed. I cannot put even the, my hope in human being. I cannot hope, put my hope in my house, in my job, in my bank account, in the stock market. I cannot put my hope in anything on earth because all insecure, unstable, and can change. It's all changeable. But we can put our hope in Jesus Christ, the rock of our salvation. We can put the hope in the eternity. God is eternal. He never changes. So we can put our hope in Jesus, in God, who still sits on the throne and never change. If you can do that, the devil cannot attack you easily. Amen? He attacks your mind. When you start to think negative, he attacks you and attack, attacking, attacking. You need to change your hope into the things that are more stable. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Everyone say, my helmet of salvation is my hope in Christ Jesus. Amen. I will be positive. Everyone say, I will be positive. Positive thinking. Positive thinking. All, the time. All the time. Because I have Christ in me. He's stable. He's like a rock. Amen. Amen. That's why Christians can smile no matter what happens. Because we have Christ who is very stable. Another thing that we should do to protect ourselves from the attack of the enemy is we call the garments of praise. Isaiah 61 verse 3, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. The Bible gives the picture of the opposite thing here. The spirit of heaviness, which represents demonic activity. When demons come upon you or attack you, you feel heavy. You feel down. You feel like the cloud of doubt, the cloud of depression come in. You feel so heavy on the inside of you. You may be sick physically. Demons come and attack you and make you feel down and heavy. But the antidote of those spirits is praise and worship. Amen. Many of you may not like loud worship music. It's too loud. I understand because we have sensitive ear. But I want to tell you, when you really worship God, you make the devil mad and he had to leave. You remember the story of Jehoshaphat. When Jehoshaphat's army went out, he put the worship team in the front. And when the worship team started to shout and sing, the enemy killed each other, and they all died. And he did not even have to pull the knife out or the sword out to fight anyone. So when you come to church, I noticed some members come to church after the worship service. After the worship time, they come just listen to the sermon. That is not wise. If you don't like worship time, you're going to walk out with the devil. But if you stand here and worship, the devil will go out and you stay. Which one you choose? Go out with the devil or you stay and the devil go? I rather choose to stay and the devil go. Amen. Whenever you worship God, 
The devil is not happy. He has to leave. He doesn't like to hear people worshiping God. Amen. That's why we worship God all day long. You can listen in the car. You can sing song to God. The more you worship God, the more the presence of God will come into your house, and there is no demon in your house anymore. Turn on the worship. I sometimes sit in the office, and my secretary wonder what is going on inside his room, because I don't close the room. And when between patients or sometimes lunch break, I eat lunch and I turn on the worship music. Oh, out loud, very loud. People listen. I don't care. Today I did. In my Bellevue office, I just turn on the music and I cry and I sing along and I worship the Lord and the presence of God show up in my office. I love to worship God. It's wonderful. Amen. I usually lately with the technology, I have some YouTube in my computer, some website YouTube. So I know that that song is good for me. So I turn on that YouTube and start to sing. Along and they have the word come up too, like a karaoke. So I sing a bit the view picture. So I sing along and see the view, and I sing the with the word on the YouTube. And oh, it's so wonderful nowadays with this technology. That's nice. In the old day, we don't have those. We have tape. Now we have YouTube. Amen. So worship, praise, and worship is something you need to sacrifice. Something you spend time instead of reading newspaper, watching TV. You just spend time worshiping God. That's why the Bible says in Hebrew chapter 13, verse 15. Therefore, by Him, let us continually, everyone say continually, offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. You don't worship God like this. You need to make voice. Is that right? The fruit of your lips, make voice, sacrifice your voice, sing out loud. I love you, Lord. Amen. You need to sing out loud, sacrifice continually. Your heart worship God all the time. Thank God all the time. Think positive about God all the time. The Bible says in Psalm 34 verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Amen. Amen. Continually worshiping the Lord. I can guarantee if you do that, it's hard for you to get sick. It's hard for you to get attacked by the enemy. He has to flee away. He has to run away from you. He cannot be around praise and worship from your mouth. Amen? This is the key. Number six now. How to protect yourself? Two more. Philippians chapter 4, verses 7, 9. This is very important principle. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. You either choose to have demons around you, hang around you, come and knock on your shoulder, knock on your head, demons come around you, or you choose to have God to hang around with you. How are you going to have God hang around with you? You think positive. You think something lovely. You look at people instead of criticize. Wow, his hairstyle is nasty. If you think like that, you invite demon to come around. But you think, oh, that gentleman, 
He is so good. He come and spend time with me. You think positive. You think something lovely, something praiseworthy, noble, and then God gonna hang around with you, and then good things gonna happen. The blessing gonna come. Train your mind to always think positive, to always think in a noble, loving, praiseworthy way. Think about the truth instead of lie. Amen. That is very important key. Amen. Replace the negative thing in your mind with positive. Control your mind. Whenever negative thing come up, push it down. Throw it away. Start to think positive again. Always choose to think positive. Another one, number seven. Cultivate right fellowship. Cultivate right fellowship. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Look at another scripture I can explain to you. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 27. Cease listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. These two scriptures talk about hearing, hanging out with somebody, who you are related to. Your heart will be controlled by what you hear. If you hear positive thing, you have faith in the positive thing. If you hear the word of God from people, you will have more faith in the positive side of your life. But if you hang around with people who are always negative, who always complain. Yesterday I learned something. You know, actually you guys know a lot already. I learned something about Facebook. I noticed that sometimes you click on the wall and I notice that some people always complain. I start to learn that I think I need to hide that one. I don't defriend them because they may be mad at me. But I'm going to hide it. Because I don't want to read anything negative. Because when you read it, you feed yourself like a poison. Today I have a bad day. Then when you read it, oh, yeah, bad day. Oh, this morning I'm sick. Oh, I'm sick. You know, you read. Yesterday somebody taught me, you can hide it. So I click hide, hide, hide. So if you want me to read your Facebook, don't write anything negative. I'm going to hide your page, your wall. Because I don't want to feed myself with negative things. If somebody come and talk to me and start to talk, complain and negative, I walk away. I don't want to hear it. Because it will cause doubt and negative things and then it will destroy my life. You need to hang around with people who talk about goodness, faith, victory, good things, and you hang around and your faith go up and you look at the world in a positive way. You have faith and the Bible says you get what you believe. If you believe in poverty, you're going to be poor. If you believe in sickness, you're going to be sick. But if you believe in good health, you're going to be in good health. Amen. Amen. Who you hang around with? What kind of book you read? What kind of CD you listen? What kind of sermon you listen? What kind of internet? A few days ago, one brother, Brother Phil, sent me the website. When I read that, I want to taekwondo the man who wrote that one. I'm a third degree black belt taekwondo. <laughs> I want to sidekick that man who wrote that website because the whole website attacked Thai thing. And it's in the first one on Google. It's so sad that the first one on Google say bad things about Thai thing. And the person who wrote it, Act like a Christian. But I think it's from the devil. 
When you read it, your faith just drop, and you don't want to give money to God anymore. Oh, that is not good. I don't want to read anything in the internet, any criticism against any pastor, any preacher, any leader that attack people because it's negative. It causes you to be negative person. Listen to the positive thing. Who you hang around with? What kind of book you read? What kind of internet you go into and read? What kind of YouTube you watch? You have to be careful. Who you hang around with? I learned that nowadays we are living in this this society. In the old day, you know, I go out with my friend kicking football and playing some. I don't know. I'm in America. You play this or not? When I was young, I played the rock. We shoot rock like this one to one another. We sit down and we talk and we play. Nowadays, this generation, people are in their own world. <laughs> Earphone, and then they play game, their own world. So they don't know how to communicate with people anymore. So if they get bad things in their life all the time without positive input into them from church and from pastor, from leaders, they're in trouble. So you have to really make sure your kids are not doing this all day. I don't know how to do it. You know, all those, those buttons. I don't know how to do it. I, I don't know. I didn't grow up that way. But nowadays, people just block into that mentality of games and TV and movie. Amen. The last thing I want to say, make Jesus central of everything in your life. Amen. Jesus must be central. Don't emphasize demon. Even though you kick demon out, don't emphasize them. You emphasize Jesus. Amen. The Bible says, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. We need to lift up Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't Honor the demon, don't honor the devil, honor only Jesus Christ, and he will run away from you. Amen? Amen. So you learned some good things tonight, how to protect yourself. Go back and listen again and again, and look at your note, study the Bible. Amen? So I think I finished the series on demonology now, after so many years of trying to teach this lesson. Amen. <clears throat> By the way, this is just basic. <laughs> Just basic teaching. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anyone in this room say that I don't want to be a part of the kingdom of darkness. I want to be a part of the kingdom of light. My Father is God the Creator. I want God the Creator, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, to become my Father. I don't want the devil, I don't want demon to be a part of my life, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, or maybe you gave your life to Jesus many months ago, many years ago, but there's some part of your life that you still kind of hold on, you don't want to give that key to that room to God, you say, tonight I want to give that key to Jesus. I want to totally surrender to Jesus in everything in my life. I want God to become my God in every single room every closet of my life. I want to encourage you to do that tonight. Amen. Anyone in this room say, God, tonight I want to give certain part more to God or give my life all to God. Raise your hand up. We're going to pray together. Amen. Could you please stand up and we follow my prayer? If you want to give your life to Jesus, just stand up. Maybe certain part in your life you want to give. Or maybe you say, tonight I want to surrender all of my life to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. As again, this is the act of will. No one forced you to make this decision. You make your own decision, and also you need to confess, make a confession, confession of your mouth that come from your heart. That will be powerful. The will and the confession. Lift your hand up to the Lord, surrender to Him, and follow my prayer. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, that you sent your Son. The only Son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, to die on the cross, to pay for my sin, to save me, to deliver me. Today, I want to surrender every area of my life to the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Sit on the throne of my life. Take every key of the rooms and of every closet of my life. Fill my life up, Lord, with Your presence. I want to surrender to You. I want to give my life to You. As a living sacrifice, you can use me. You can train me, change me from glory to glory. Tonight, I declare with my mouth that you are my Lord and my Savior. Take over me, control me, Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. All the days of my life, I will read Your Word, study Your Word, and live by Your Word. Thank You, Lord, for the salvation, deliverance, victory that You have given me. Thank You, Lord, for the abundant life on earth here. In Jesus' mighty name, thank You, Lord. But that my name is recorded in the book of life, and I will spend eternity in your heaven with you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's give the hand to God. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm so happy that you made the right decision. Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Pastor Da, can you come up and share about your dream when we went to Tampa? The dream about your wedding things. A lot of people never heard. At the beginning, we went to receive the file of God. We were so new no. about revival, and because we came from the church background, that we don't understand about the move of the Holy Spirit. In fact, Pastor Da came from Catholic background, even didn't understand. So we went to Tampa, Florida, and we were having kind of argument in the hotel because she felt uncomfortable in the meeting. The God was moving; people get touched by God. So God came into the dream to let her know why it's so important to be 
filled with the oil, with the spirit of the living God all the days of our life. Can you share with us quickly? Hi, everybody. In 1997, God has put in Pastor Lau's heart to go to Tampa, Florida. God specifically said that you go to see this pastor, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, and he he said that uh, we are going to go and meet this pastor. I was not interested that much. But I would like to go to spend time with him in Florida, so I went. I did not understand anything about anointing, be filled with the Holy Spirit, be touched by God or the presence of God or the tangible presence of God. I did not understand all of those things at all. But I just want to tag along and have fun in Florida. And we were in a hotel, and that night. Before the conference start, the conference start on Monday, and we were there on Sunday night. And that night I was sleeping and I was dreaming that I was getting married again. Fortunately, I married to the same man. <laughs> so I was dreaming that I was getting married, and we invited guests to come at four o'clock. In the afternoon, but by nine o'clock that night, nine o'clock, I was at the salon. My hair wasn't done, not ready yet, and I could not even find my wedding dress. I was not organized at all in my dream, and I totally worry about the guests and everybody we we invite. And I was thinking that by this time, probably already everybody left already because I'm still at the salon and I could not finish anything. And I was so sad in my dream, and I was so frustrated. And then I woke up. That night was the night, you know, before the conference. And on Monday morning, I went to the conference, and the first sermon was by the pastor's wife, and she was talking about everything that my heart has problem, because before 1997. Pastor Lau and I, we had so much trouble. We we had we could not understand each other, even though we love each other. We just could not get along, and we just could not have a good conversation together. I was so troubled, and I was bitter against a few things that I should not have. You know, looking back, like there was nothing at all, but. I don't know why I had so much problem with him at that time. So the first sermon that the pastor's wife was teaching, she was teaching about dealing with your heart. You know, I could not remember everything that she said now because it's been like uh, over 10 years. Um, but a lot of things that she said released me from my. Frustration and my bitterness and my anger and all that. And also after five days of the conference, I came to realize that the Lord tried to tell me even before the meeting that I lack of the oil of anointing. I was not filled with 
anointing of God, and I was not filled with His Holy Spirit. And He also remind me that, da, remember in the Bible, the Bible say that there are five wise virgin and five foolish virgin. The foolish virgin did not have the oil, and then when the the groom, the Lord Jesus Christ, come back. She, they, they, were try, they were trying to look for the oil um, But they could not find the oil And they, they tried to ask from the, the one who have the oil And they said that No, we, we have enough oil just for us You have to go and buy from the market And so why the foolish virgin went to the market When they came back The groom already left with the five wise virgin You know, so God gave me the revelation in my heart that I was a foolish bride. I did not have the oil of anointing. God tried to tell me that you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the oil of anointing. You need to have the oil enough so that when the groom come anytime, you will be able to go with him. You don't have to like, you know, look around. Just exactly just like my dream. At that time, I was thinking that by now, everyone must have left. But I'm still here, you know, trying to organize myself. So, so I thank the Lord for that dream, and I believe that it was the perfect, prophetic dream for myself at that time. And, you know, all through that week, God spoke to me and spoke to me. And even though I did not familiar with what Pastor Rodney Howard Brown was they handle the people and I wonder why they laugh and I wonder why they fall and I wonder why they cry and some of them scream and all that. But looking back after uh, 12 years, more than maybe more than that, I am so glad that the Lord um, directs us to go to the meeting and understand more. We understand more about the oil of God. I just want to encourage all of all of us to know that it is not a bad thing. It is in the Bible. God wants us to be the wise virgin. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. How many people want to be wise virgin, getting ready for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? We need to be filled with the oil. Amen. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 